Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We're so glad you joined us today. I've got a group of friends and we're in this intimate setting and we're going to spend some time teaching on some of the healing miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. We're calling it Healing School. So we invite you to get your Bible, get a notebook, get some pen and paper, take notes, follow along with us. And I tell you, uh, expect something out of this service. And while you're hearing this teaching on healing. If you need healing, you can receive it right where you're at today. You can release your faith. And uh, these aren't just sermons we're preaching, they're life. And you can receive what you need. So we invite you to join along with us following in your Bible. Uh, we're going to go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 22. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. It says in verse 22, Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing Jesus, he prostrated himself at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. And Jesus went with him. And a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides so as almost to suffocate him. And there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and who had spent, who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead she grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment for she kept saying, If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source. And suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, You see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides and you ask who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done in her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Go into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. I want us to take some time and comb through these verses line by line. If we will do what they did, we will get what they got. So verse 25, I want us to back up and let's study it. It says, and there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for 12 years So tucked into this miracle of the raising of Jairus' daughter from the dead is a miracle within a miracle. And this woman, she had suffered for 12 years. Now, under Jewish law, anyone with an issue of blood was not allowed out among the public. And so to violate that law could mean that you could be stoned. And so the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, had just told Jesus about his daughter's condition. 
Well, as a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus is one of these people who could have uh, sentenced her to death for being out in public. So when it talks about she was frightened to give her testimony, it wasn't because Jesus scared her. It was because she knew she was not supposed to be in a public setting. And the man, the ruler of the synagogue, was the one who could pronounce her judgment on her. Yes. So now you can understand why she did not want to give a testimony in front of Jairus, yes. the ruler of the synagogue. <laughs> so she's putting herself at risk to get her miracle. She's putting herself at risk. She's having to, to defy what men have said to approach Jesus, to even be in his presence. And it says in verse 26, she had suffered, she had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. So we can see that although she had this condition for 12 years, she kept seeking help. And I would say it this way. She refused to get used to being sick. She was constantly pushing against this thing. You know, there's a lot of people that just accept a condition. They just accept that things don't work right. And it's easier to accept it than it is to press against it. But this is what I so love about this woman. She refused to be okay with sickness. So I say this, no matter how long you've had a condition, take your stand against it. Take your stand against it. This verse says that she had gone to many physicians, which gives us the idea to see many physicians, you better have much money. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. They're not just doing treatment out of charity. She's had money and she went to many physicians, but at some point she ran out of money. So it says she had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. We get the idea that possibly it took her 12 years to run through her money. I will say this, sickness is a thief. Yes. It robs from you in every arena of life. It robs from the family. It robs from the finances. It robs from peace. It robs strength. It robs health. And so it's proof that it doesn't come from God because anything that steals, kills, or destroys, Jesus said, comes from the enemy. So uh, she endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians. We have to not misread this. The physicians aren't the enemy. It's not going to the doctor that was the problem. The one, the devil was the one that uh, was robbing from her through this sickness. The physicians were trying to help her. Yes. So this shows that they were against sickness too. So I appreciate that doctors are against sickness, right? But sometimes there comes a time in life when your need is beyond what many can do for you. Not even many can help you. So no medical treatment helped. She only suffered and got worse. Can you imagine the different forms of treatment that they would have tried to administer to her over a 12-year period? Verse 27, 
she had heard the reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. So when it says she had heard the reports concerning Jesus, she must have heard then that he was a healer. She chose to believe what she heard. There can be people sitting in every service. You can have one that will believe what they're hearing the preacher say in the church service and one that will not believe it. Always be the one who believes the word. Always be the one who believes the word. She had heard testimony. She had not seen him. It said she had heard of him. So it matters what you hear. It matters what you hear. And it matters what you choose to believe about what you hear. Because sometimes there may come hearing or testimony to people and they'll say, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that that person was healed of that. I don't believe that they even really had that condition. And there are people that are like that. But what do we see this woman? She's ready to believe. She's quick to believe. This is one characteristic that you want to have in your faith life. Quick to believe. That you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be, God doesn't have to work with you and work with you and work with you to persuade you into believing. That when you see it's the word, you're quick to believe it. Not gullible, not quick to believe anything, but quick to believe the word. So uh, it matters what you choose to believe. Notice she could have easily said, I've put my hope in going to many doctors and nothing changed. What's going to be the difference here? She could have had a very pessimistic approach because of her history. Don't let your history turn you into a doubter. Amen. Don't take past failures and decide you can't have victory. Amen. So when she heard reports about Jesus, she did something. She took action. She sought him out. Now notice, think of losing blood for 12 years. Your strength is, I would dare to say, barely there. It was great effort and great labor on her part to even go out and seek to find where Jesus was. She could have easily just stayed home and said, God, if you want me healed, I just believe you're going to do something for me. No, that's not how it works. When you want something, you got you have to initiate going after it. What you receive from God, 90% of what you receive from God's initiated by you, not by God. God knew she needed healing. That's why he allowed her to hear something. He wanted her to hear. But once she heard, now it's up to her to do something with what she heard. And so she heard reports, but she didn't just say, oh, that's good for them. Or I hear that wonderful thing about Jesus. No, she got out and says, I want mine. I want mine. So in her weakened condition, let me say this. Faith gets out of the house. Faith gets up out of bed, gets dressed, got out of the house. And if you're going to pet your flesh, your flesh will keep you in bed. Your flesh will keep you in the house. Your flesh will keep you from getting dressed and resuming life when you don't feel good. 
but she violated everything she felt, all the weakness that she felt, all the suffering that she had endured. You don't know what even the suffering that she endured from the loss of blood, but what about the suffering she still endured from the medical treatments? You don't know what those treatments, what pain those treatments left her in. She got it and violated it. And this is what faith does. Faith won't lay down. Faith won't lay down. It won't lay down to what has been pushing against it. She gets up and she violates everything that her body would have wanted to do. Her body would have wanted to lay down and just take it easy. But she gets up and she violates it. To receive what God has for you, you can't just do what's convenient. You're going to have to do what's inconvenient. And she was inconveniencing herself because what she believed was greater than what she felt. Amen. What she believed. She believed that there, that there was a miracle for her. She believed her body could be whole. And what she believed was greater than what she felt. And so she kept going against what she felt so that she could lay hold of what she believed. So her miracle began... Number one, with her choosing to believe. Your miracle is going to begin by you choosing to believe. When there's no hope, when it looks like things can't be changed, you still choose to believe. That's what she did. She chose to believe. And the next thing she did was very natural. Now that thing was an action of her heart. To choose to believe is an action of your heart. But the next several steps she took toward her miracle were natural steps. She got, she got out of bed. That wasn't a spiritual act. That was a natural act. She got dressed. That's another natural act. She left the house. Now, it might not be that big of a deal for you to leave the house, but it was the risk of her life to leave the house because she was not supposed to be in public. Next thing she does that's very natural, not spiritual, she finds where he's at. You don't know how long she had to go before she found him. My guess is he wasn't just passing by her front door. Was he on the other end of town? Was he in another region? She traveled. She did what she had to do because she believed something. Believing something will cause you to do what others won't do. No doubt there were a lot of people who needed a miracle that wouldn't get up out of their house. They wouldn't go find Jesus. They wouldn't go look for him, but she did. This woman is outstanding in herself. I, I so this woman will stir you up. Not only did she find him, but when she found him, there's a multitude around him. There are Bible those who are have given commentate commentations on the commented on the Bible. Bible commentators, that's the word. And commentaries, thank you. And they say there, when they say the word says there were multitudes around him, a great crowd, they said there would have been not, no less than 10,000. So when she finds him, she finds 10,000 others. What does that mean? That means your chance of reaching him is very slim. But she didn't come this far to stay on the outside, to get on the back row. <laughs> What did she do? She got through the press. 
She worked her way through all the people pressing and trying to get close to Jesus. I tell you what, if I could say this, when you have faith, you don't come to church and try to find the back row to sit on. You get on the front row. Get as close as you can to where the man of God is, to where the anointing is. Be excited. Be thrilled. No, there won't be room for every person on the front, but at least try to get yours. You know, I, I've never been one to come into the church and go find a back row and sit down when there were closer seats available. Faith doesn't isn't content with the outer perimeters. Faith wants to be right in the middle, wants to be right up front to see what God is doing. This is this woman. She wasn't content to be on the back row of this crowd. She was pressing to get to where he was. So notice all these natural steps she took to fulfill the faith that was in her heart. It's not just spiritual steps you take, it's natural steps sometimes. How many people have paid a lot of money to travel to where the man of God can lay hands on them? My husband and I, we would spend large amounts of money to get where our spiritual father was. Why? We weren't doing what was convenient. We were going after what we were hungry for. Faith is not going to try to save money and sit at home. Faith will spend the money to get where God is blessing people, to get where you can receive something from God. She spent her, she spent what little strength she, what little strength she had to get to where he was. Why? To get her miracle. This woman's faith is an example. So when she gets there, she finds this crowd and, she presses through the multitude. So notice this, when she gets there, just finding him is not, it's not the end of it. She's got 10,000 obstacles right in her way. Thousands of people that were pressing up. They all had their own needs. And she had to want her answer more than anybody else. You know, Oral Roberts, who, of course, had a wonderful healing ministry in the 40s and 50s and all the way through the 70s. He was a, a, a leader in the body of Christ. And he made this statement every day. Miracles are coming to you or they're going past you. What's that mean? God's power is available to us every day. Every day. His power is available. What are we going to do about it? We're going to lay in the bed. We're going to stay at home. This woman realized when she heard the testimony of what Jesus was doing, she decided my miracle isn't going to pass me by today. For 12 years, she'd been without her miracle answer. So she said, she's going to have to do something. If you want your miracle today, you got to do something different than what you did yesterday. Get up and do something. She took all these natural steps. Get to where God can... God's power can reach you. Amen. 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 Get to church. Sit under the word. Feed on the word yourself. Pick up your Bible at home. Feed on it. Release your faith. You can right there in your house pick up your Bible and receive of the power of God just by reading and believing what's in it. Do something with the miracle power that's available to you every day. Amen. Don't just sit and wait for God to drop something on you. He's already dropped something on you. Pick it up and do something with it. Amen. My husband would often say, faith will do whatever it takes. Faith will do whatever it takes. She didn't just sit at home. She was doing whatever it took to get to where she could receive the miracle she needed.
when you need a miracle, you have to take some action toward it. She took natural actions, natural steps toward her miracle. What and you say, Pastor Nancy, what could that mean? What could I do? Well, get to church. Don't Amen. don't skip church services or find a church. Make sure you're in a church that's preaching the word, that's yeah. preaching healing and preaching miracles. Amen. Do something. Don't just let things just keep passing you by. Pick up your Bible. Believe it. <laughs> Read it. Act on it. Do it. Amen. 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 Because she touched his garment, she must have heard. She went through that crowd, pressed through, and says she, she, she was saying to herself, if I can just touch his garment. Because she touched his garment, she must have heard something about his garment. Yeah. Remember it said she heard of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Now, if she would have heard he's got, you know, Jesus is laying hands on people, then she would have thought I've got to get him to lay hands on me. But because her thought was, just let me touch his garment. Yeah. Well, then she must have heard something about his garment. Yes. Maybe somebody else touched it and said, I touched his garment and I got healed just yeah. touching his garment. Yeah. 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 So you, it, you get the idea that must have been what she heard because that's what she did. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You say, well, how can her touching a garment heal her body? Well, what you have to realize is the power of God is a substance. The anointing of God is a substance. It's a spiritual substance. It's not seen to the naked eye, but the effects of it can be seen. And so that power that Jesus was anointed with, you say, well, when was he anointed? Well, remember when he went to the river Jordan and John the Baptist baptized him and John saw the dove, which was representative of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. The anointing came upon him. That was when that anointing to minister came upon him. So this anointing that's upon him has saturated his clothing. His clothing became a container that the clothing could store that anointing that was upon him. So when she touched it, that power that was stored in that cloth was transmitted into her. Why? Because faith called for it. Faith received it. Amen. So the anointing of God upon him saturated him plus his clothing. So when she touched it, she received it. Well, do we have scripture for that? Well, Acts chapter 19 Verses 11 and 12, it says this about Paul's ministry. God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Well, what were the special miracles? Verse 12 says, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs. What's that? Cloth. Or aprons. What's that? Cloth. And the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. So basically, while Paul was ministering, there was cloth, handkerchiefs or different things that had touched his body. While he's under that anointing, that anointing flows into that cloth. And it's so good of God that he allows this way of people who cannot get to where the man of God is can still receive anointing from the man through this uh, through this uh, uh, avenue of a cloth. 
There, people will bring us cloths and we'll put our hands on them. And that tangible anointing will go in and that cloth becomes like a storage battery. And that power flows in. That cloth is sent to somebody who's sick or taken to them. They put it on their body. And if they will believe what this says in Acts 19, that power can be stored in a cloth, that that power will heal them. Why? Because the anointing destroys the yoke. If they'll believe that, then that healing power will leave the cloth and go into their body and raise them up, even though they weren't able to be present where the man of God was. God so wants people healed, He will send cloths to them. Just get one of these cloths that the man of God has touched, you see. So this is what was happening. Jesus was wearing the cloth that she touched. And she... She touched it. Why? She must have heard something about that there was power even in his clothing. Amen. So we see that the healing power of God can be transmitted, right? Verse 28 says, For she kept saying, If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. Now notice it says, she kept saying, if I only touch his garments. This shows us she'd heard something about his garments. Yeah. If you had just heard, hey, Jesus is healing people, it would never dawn on you to touch his garments. You'd think, I've got to get him. So this was not the only case, evidently, where someone had touched his clothing and received something. But notice the, the words in verse 28, she kept saying, she didn't just say it once. She kept saying, why did she keep saying? I guarantee you the thought was coming to her. What are you doing out of bed? What are you doing putting your life at risk? Instead of entertaining, won't you just go back home? You can't find him. Look at all the people between you and him. You can't reach him. She kept saying in the face of all the opportunities and arguments and reasonings to turn around, go back home and give up. She kept saying, she kept saying, if I, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. I shall be. So what do we find? This woman is speaking her faith. She said what she believed, not just once, but she had to keep saying it, keep saying it. People will say, Pastor, I've had people lay hands on me. My pastor maybe has laid hands on me. Different believers have laid hands on me and nothing's changed. Well, don't give up. Keep saying what you believe. That's exactly what she did. She didn't just say it once. Her saying kept her moving. Her saying kept her believing. Her saying kept her reaching and getting past obstacles. Why? Because Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus made the statement, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So she kept saying it. Amen. In a healing line, before I minister to people, I get them to say something. Because what you say is what you're going to receive. If you don't say anything, you won't receive anything. But if you say, I believe in the power of God, I believe that when that power goes into my body, it'll drive out pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease. So I say that about you right now. The power of God's present right where you're at. You release your faith and say with me, I believe in the power of God. I believe 
that it drives out pain and symptoms, sickness and disease, and I am whole right now in Jesus' name, and I'll keep saying it because I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.